0: This entire season of Retronauts is fully funded by listeners like you thanks to Patreon. If you'd like to find out how you can help and get episodes a week in advance, head on over to patreon.com retronauts. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. This is Bob Mackey, your host for this episode of Retronauts Micro. And before I tell you what today's topic is, let's go around the table and see who else is here today. So who is to my right?
1: This is Michael Raparez.
0: And Michael, where are you from?
1: I'm from a Video Game Apocalypse, and uh, I write for IGN and a couple of other sites you may have seen me around. So you,
0: video Game Apocalypse is one of two video game podcasts I listen to.
1: So oh, thank you. You made That's it. You made the cut. Yes! <laughs>
0: uh, who else is here?
2: Cap Bailey, sad Minnesota Vikings fan.
0: Oh, uh, this this may date you, cat. The Minnesota Vikings uh, fail in some way.
2: They always fail. Okay,
0: Bob. well then this will never be dated then.
2: <laughs> exactly. And who
0: else is here?
3: Hey, kids! It's your old pal Jeremy Parrish. Yes,
0: and today we are here for a special Retronauts micro topic and. Um, the question is gonna be for our panel is, I'd like to know what your worst purchasing decision is. And I think I'm limiting this to before your brain was fully developed. I assume all of our brains are fully developed at this point, or at, or at least they're de- they're deteriorating to the point where, I don't know, we're responsible for our own decisions now, I think. But there was a time where we weren't. And um, I will say I chose the Turbo Graphics as my console of choice in the, in the early 90s. And that was actually not my worst decision because I got a Super Nintendo the following year after I realized my folly, but um, there was a a game I really wanted for the TurboGrafx-16 and uh, this game was not very good, but uh, it was Darkwing Duck. I was a big fan of the TV show. Um, I had the NES game and I really wanted the TurboGrafx-16 game because I saw these screenshots and it looked like the cartoon. I mean, just gigantic sprites, like super colorful. Like it just looked like I, I could be playing the cartoon. But um, when I would go to Toys R Us, they would never have it because this was in the time where it's like, you don't know when games are being released. They just show up in a store and maybe you'll get them, maybe you won't. And um, I didn't have any games for my TurboGrafx, so I needed to buy something. And the game I chose was impossible. And that game, I mean, like, it doesn't have a reputation because it's so mediocre, but uh, it was not a good choice. And I think that was the first time I actually experienced buyer's remorse at the age of nine, like... I I should not have done this. I felt immediately like regretful. But the thing is, later on in life, I found out that Darkwing Duck was not a good game, period. So, so
3: the, oh, sorry. But ahead. I
0: probably would have enjoyed it just based on the license itself. But that—that is—that is my decision. I think that I—that's I, the one I remember most. as my worst decision.
3: What? What the hell was Impossible? Impasa Mole. Mole. Yeah.
0: Was a a game about a mole superhero, a, a very European style platformer for the TurboGrafx-16.
3: Oh, okay. All you have to say is
0: European style platformer. So yeah, it's nothing like uh, It's nothing like Mole Mania. No, nothing like Mole Mania. And uh, I, I guess I can say one more for me that's worth mentioning is. Um, I was, I was 18 or 19, but this counts, I think, in my book. It's um, I had a PS2, I needed an RPG to play for it, and I bought Ephemeral Fantasia. And all these games I'm talking about are games that no one remembers, but Ephemeral Fantasia is like one of the worst RPGs I've ever played in my life. Like it was a Dreamcast game that was turned into a PS2 game, and it looks like it, but it wasn't a good Dreamcast game. It was a bad Dreamcast game. It was a Konami RPG with. I think this was the first time any sort of guitar hero or uh, guitar freaks thing made it to oh, America. Yes, yes, yes. And it was only in that form as a mini game in this in this in this RPG. Was that a launch
3: game for PS2? I think it came out that summer. Okay. Um, yeah, it was like summer of two thousand one. Because like, the PS2 had a surprising number of rpgs early on and they were yeah. all just gigantic loads of butt
0: exactly and and this one was even worse it, it was no uh, god what, what, what were the rpgs for the ps2
3: there's
1: a um Did ring of red count yeah there was the
3: the from software game um, the first
2: remember. dark cloud yeah, I can't, uh, why why not, what, yeah
3: what was what was that from soft game I can't uh, remember. something I kingdom it, I... eternal kingdom
0: or eternal yeah. ring Eternal Ring, Ring. yes, Eternal yeah, yes. yes. yes, Ring. That was so like a, yeah.
3: that, was, that was kind of a, a riff on um, Kingsfield in, in, a, in a sort of way. Yeah, back before they really got their RPG mojo. Yeah, it was the Dark Souls of bad from software <laughs> RPGs. <laughs> I don't like that. Meta- I don't like that analogy anymore. <laughs> but
0: uh, yeah, like I see. I wish. I wish my my bad choices could be more like immediate in how bad they are because these are games that no one remembers. No one will ever think about again. And they only haunt my dreams because I spent real money on them. So uh, how about you guys? Does anyone else want to go next? I'm just curious as to what is, what do you think your worst purchasing decision was before your brain was developed enough for you to be responsible for it?
2: I've I've mostly dodged bullets over the years. I remember when I was like eight years old. I was saving up to buy a television for my room, and I was walking through a Toys R Us, and I saw Captain America and the Avengers for the NES, and I loved the arcade game. I loved it, loved it, loved it, and I so wanted that experience for my home. And so I was like, I want to buy that game, and because I had enough money at that time, my parents were like, No, you can't buy that game. You got to save up for your TV or whatever, and then we'll get you a game when you get your TV, which is a pretty sweet deal. And Luckily, like my parents talked me down and I did not buy it because I would have been so disappointed when I took that game out of the the box because it was not the arcade game. It was a totally different game uh, in which it it was kind of a platformer, like action platformer. It wasn't very good. It was Hmm. not the beat-em-up of the arcade that I was expecting.
0: Your parents talked you down from this. They talked
2: me down from it. I think the worst decision I made that actually turned out to be a good decision in the long run was in 1997. I was so looking forward to X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. I loved TIE Fighter. I was so excited by the notion of being able to play against my friends in multiplayer. I was going to show them that I was the best X-Wing pilot ever. And at that time, I wasn't really familiar with you know, you didn't really know when release dates were going to be hitting. I just knew that it was coming out sometime that year. Right. Well, my friend calls me and goes, "Hey, you should buy Command and Conquer." And I'm like, "Command and Conquer," but I'm saving up my money for X-wing versus Tie Fighter. I'm like, 14 at this time, and he's so and I
3: Conquer. I don't even
2: know her. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm saving up money for X-wing versus Tie Fighter, and they're like, "Well, uh, X-wing versus Tie Fighter has been delayed till next year. Didn't you hear the news?" And I'm like, "What?" Oh, that sucks. Okay, well, I guess I'll buy Command and Conquer then. So I go buy Command and Conquer, and what do you know? The very next weekend, I get an ad circulate, uh, an ad circular that says, "Extreme versus Tie Fighter. Come buy it at Best Buy." I'm uh... like. No! <laughs> the good news was that Command & Conquer was a really, really good game, and I still love it to this day. And also, I got actually versus vs. TIE Fighter not long after that, because I borrowed it from a friend. They had the special multiplayer disc that you could share with a friend. So everything worked out just fine. But of course, later on, uh, I, had, I got a PlayStation, and I got into my Square Enix kick, or my Squaresoft kick, assuming that every Squaresoft game was good. And I went and bought Saga Frontier Two for a full oh. price.
0: Saga Frontier also, or Saga Frontier Two.
2: Saga Fr- Saga Frontier Two. Okay. So that was kind of a bad decision. It could have been worse. It
0: could have been Saga Frontier One. <laughs> and right true. now, Jeremy's probably scowling. Nope. He's just shaking his head.
2: I also bought a GBA at me. launch, <laughs> and the GBA had a really terrible launch lineup. Yeah. I re- deeply regretted it for a while. Those are my regrets. Pretty, pretty. I've been pretty lucky. I've dodged a lot of You've bullets You've lived over a the years. charmed life, Cat Bailey. I have.
0: I'm envious. Uh, Who else wants to go?
1: Uh, My story is not really so detailed. I mean I made a lot of uh, regrettable purchasing decisions as a kid that I only recognize in retrospect were regrettable like uh, Mylon's Secret Castle, the original Ninja Turtles for NES. Like, I, I just thought these were really hard games and struggled through them. And, like, years later, it's like, that was the worst game ever. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're right.
0: So you thought it was your fault. You're like, I it's didn't, not me. I did me. think it was my okay. fault. Yeah, wow. it,
1: it, was, it was like uh, just a ma- major revelation that, like, oh, I'm, I'm not a terrible person. <laughs> I'm not bad at games. These it was my little along. yeah. But I, I think probably the worst deal I ever made uh, was it was my first brush with trading in used games. There was this little uh, – shop that opened up like just a locally owned business and so i thought like oh this is great i'll just take in a couple of my uh used games and trade them in for a couple uh, other used games and I, I didn't realize it wasn't a straight across trade so i think i brought uh wing commander and uh, contra 3 for the super nintendo both and wanted to trade them in for a couple new games and like no, it doesn't work that way. You can trade them in for one game, and like, mm-hmm. well, this is clearly a bad deal. But I don't want to leave empty-handed, so I just traded them both for uh, Battle Toads and Battle Maniacs, uh-huh. which is not bad. But there are worse Battle Toads. Yeah, there's certainly worse ones. Which, uh,
2: what is worse than Battle and Battle Maniacs?
3: Battle Double Dragon. The ultimate yeah. team or Battle Toads. <laughs>
2: Was it worse than Battle Maniacs? Because Battle Maniacs. Wasn't I'm sure that whatever
3: good. whatever Microsoft puts out for Xbox is going to be pretty bad. <laughs> I think
0: I think Battle Maniacs is more playable than the original Battletoads. I don't uh, know. Yeah. But yeah. I digress,
2: please Michael. It's still it's still
1: just as frustrating. It oh right, to the for the sure. Rocket it looked
2: really end. pretty back then. Yeah. It Because it had did. the gigantic sprites. That's
1: what I remember. It absolutely did. But yeah, then I got through that and started like well, I kind of want to play Contra now, and it's gone. It's gone forever. No. <laughs> and then and, you know. Things happen years later with emulators. But so. you've been able to recover.
0: Yeah, I've been the time. able to
1: recover.
3: I haven't. Jeremy? <laughs> uh, I'm kind of like Cat. I, you know, um, had pretty limited funds. So I tried to be an informed consumer and uh, didn't really buy games unless I knew, like, I'm going to like this. I, I rented a lot, borrowed a lot from friends. And when I bought, it was because I really wanted that game. So it's kind of tough. Um, I'm going to say Command and Conquer because... What? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I'm hey, just wait. kidding.
2: <laughs> you, you looked at her test. Jeremy! <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I, uh, no, I, I, it, it was just you hearing you talk about that. Like, that is one game that I got no play out of because I just realized, wow, I really don't like real-time strategy. Uh. Um yeah, so I'm going to say heart, actually uh Metal Gear for NES, and not because I don't like Metal Gear, because I did really enjoy the game, but um
2: the original Metal Gear.
3: Yeah, the original Metal Gear, but but that came at the end of a summer where I had spent months looking for the original Castlevania, which you know, due to the processing, proce- publishing processes on NES, had been out of print for a long time. But I didn't realize that. I just thought, oh, everyone has it out of stock, but eventually I'm going to find a place that has it. So. You know, I, I sh- looked at all the local places. We went on vacation across the country, and every time we stopped anywhere near a toy store, I went in and looked. I begged my parents, take me to Toys R Us. We looked all over, never found it. There was, like, we stopped to visit some friends in Nebraska, York, Nebraska. And um, they said, oh, yeah, they, they have Castlevania at the rental place down the street. So I was like, Mom, Dad, will you take me to the rental place and so I can see if I can buy it from them? They were like, no, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so after months of this, I finally, you know, I went out to the mall, And there was Castlevania, but right next to it was Metal Gear. And I'd been seeing ads for this game in all my comic books and magazines and was like, oh, my God, it's Metal Gear. That's out. I have to get this. So my parents were like, hey, look, finally, Castlevania, you can get it. I said, no, I've got to get Metal Gear. And they were really angry at me. But I bought (laughs) Metal Gear anyway because it was my money. And they were annoyed. But they let me buy the game that I wanted. And I got it home, and the original Metal Gear has a lot of bugs on the NES because it's a bad port. Oh, yeah. And so I got to a point where I just I couldn't get any further. And it turns out you have to do something totally counterintuitive. I can't remember it, but there's like a, a screw-up in the codex that give you bad directions. So after about a week, I was just like, I, I can't get any further in this. So I was really regretful. But there was a happy ending because uh, I had my parents take me back to the mall, and even though the store that I bought it from – had a no trades policy or no returns. My father was like, "No, you will give us a return on this <laughs> and exchange it for that game right there." And I got Castlevania, went home and played it. And then someone later, you know, someone told me how to get past that glitch spot in Metal Gear, and I did. And I bought the game and played it many times through, and became a lifelong fan until Hideo Kojima turned weird.
0: Oh. I feel I feel <laughs> like everyone's had happy endings with me in, the, in this in this episode, but. <laughs> I don't know. I still I still wake up every night sweaty still, thinking still, about Ephemeral Fantasia. Like, I still don't like
3: real time
2: you know, strategy games. I didn't. It wasn't a bad purchasing decision, but one of the worst decisions I ever made was selling my NES when I was twelve. Because uh, I, I, see. I thought yeah. I've outgrown my NES. I'm too good for this now. Now I'm going to play PC games. So I sold my NES with Mario, like all of the Mario games, and Ducktales, and Batman, and a really rare Indiana Jones game. Like, on down the list, I had a pretty dang good NES library, and I sold it for the whole shebang for $100 to some kid (laughs) in a garage sale. Ouch. And I used it to buy friggin' Rebel Assault 2.
3: Wow. Oh, that, yeah. why didn't uh, you say well, that? You that buried was the lead, you really buried that the just lead. That wow. into my head. And my God.
2: My heart, like, suddenly went, oh God, I can't believe not I even, did that. Not even
3: Rebel Assault, Rebel Assault 2.
0: Yeah. It still
2: haunts me to this day.
3: Wow. I'll tell you,
0: one, re- one thing I did not regret was I bought Samba de Amigo and the Maracas for like maybe $200 in, in the year 2000. <laughs> how much is that, how much money is that now? I don't know, but I uh, really love that Several thousand. Thing. Yeah, it's like millions. You could buy a house with that. (laughs) (laughs) I swear. I don't know how math works, but I'm sure that that checks out.
1: I have a couple pairs of those. I should get rid of them. Um, I, I wanted to say the worst purchasing decision or worst trade I've ever seen was not done by me. It was done by a friend of mine in high school. Who had a Super Nintendo with uh, an adapter that let him play Super Famicom games? Had a huge library of Super Nintendo and like imported games. He had like the Ronma games, which I was hugely lusting after at the time. I was a gigantic Weeaboo in high school. <laughs> but, uh, and he's like, Yeah, I'm getting rid of them all. Like, w- what are you gonna do with them? It's like, I'm gonna trade them for a Genesis and a Sega CD. Why? It's like, what do you mean, why? It's so clearly the better system. Like, caught up with them again years later. He's like, yeah, that was the worst decision I ever made in my life.
0: Did you ask him about uh, Night Trap, Sewer Shark, any uh, of those? I didn't. He, I didn't want to rub salt. Didn't want to twist the, the knife. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> You're a nice man, Michael. Oh, I try. Yeah. <laughs> So that was it for today's, uh, sorry, this week's episode of Retronauts Micro. As always, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff, uh, YouTube, uh, Twitch, uh, as Retronauts. Also, make sure you check out our Patreon campaign. That's how we're funding the show. It's patreon.com retronauts. And if you can give a dollar a month, that'd be awesome. If you can't give anything, please let people know about our show. We'd appreciate it with like a review on iTunes or something like that. And as for me, you can reach me on Twitter at Bob Serbo, and I also write for US Gamer and something awful. Let's find out where we can find everyone else at the table. Michael, where are you? Who are you?
1: Um I'm at Vidigame That's V-I-D-J-A. It is misspelled, I know. Uh you can reach me on Twitter at WikiParas, P-A-R-A-Z, or V-G-Apocalypse. Um yeah, that's about it. And read my stuff on IGN where it posts occasionally. I just did a review for Sonic Boom. I suffered through that for you. <laughs> Someone had to. Yeah. Cat.
2: Hi, I'm Cat Bailey. You can find me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. I'm also a regular guest on the Press Row Podcast, where you can listen to me complain about sports games every other week. Recently, we talked about Madden 15, and I was kind of the lowest on that game out of everybody I knew, and things haven't changed after three months. So check it out. Operation Sports Press Row Podcast.
3: Cat's cutting promos during my show. <laughs>
0: oh
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, you can find me at US Gamer, where I work with Cat, even though she didn't mention the site. Um, I'm on Twitter as Gamespite. I run Gamespite.net, and there's Game Boy World, cool little website called Game Boy World, where I talk about the world of Game Boy.
0: It's neat. And as for us, we we will be back next week with a brand new episode, and we'll see you then.